can you believe anything you hear? You see, it's a presupposition. And so at the, at the end of the thought process, all presuppositions would be answered with this may or may not be true. Welcome back to In Session with Jared and Clay. I'm Dr. Jared Cox, and today we're excited to be starting a new season. This new season is all about social media, and we'll be discussing how social media affects our culture and how social media affects us as individuals. Now, Clay, we need to define social media first before we get started. Is that right? Well, it probably sounds silly because most of our listeners are very aware of what social media is is and what it's for and they have some way that they organize around it and incidentally it's it's a pretty hot topic these days you're seeing a lot of information and research beginning to come out because you know we're into our you know about the first 25 years the first quarter of a century we've had to experience this idea and and the use of this social media but most people tend to organize or think about it i should say not organize think about it as a tool Right. As something that can be used for good, could also be used inappropriately. And everybody's pretty uh, aware of that. But as our discussion develops or as we move through this, I think we might be able to establish that it is a little bit more uh, than a tool. It's not that simple, it's a little more complex. What would you call it? I don't know that I have a word for it that we could say on the air. <laughs> But uh, we may come up with something. But not a tool. Uh, that, that's an in- inadequate. That's, that's incomplete. It certainly is and can be used as a tool. But a tool really sits in the tool chest. Waiting to be used. Waiting. Completely kind of, you know, by itself. It's inert. It sits there and it waits for the need to arise and then, you know, to be used. Now we're personifying an inanimate object, but those kind of abstractions, they carry on in, in the mind. So it sounds to me like you're thinking social media might be more like a siren that calls out to you or maybe a magnet that draws you in. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's a, those are good representations of some of the complexity that, you know, we need to develop when we're when we're really l- looking at that. I, I think it's, it's very oversimplified to just talk about social media as a tool. Well, I think it's going to be pretty interesting having this conversation because if you know Clay very well, you know that he's not on social media very much. In fact, as of two days ago, I am Clay's second connection on LinkedIn. So if you're listening right now, Go on to LinkedIn, connect with Clay. He needs some more people uh, yeah. joining his tribe out there. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I do or not. I think I've had that account <laughs> for seven or eight years. Someone made it for me. <laughs> seven or eight years. You have two connections. I'm number two. Yes. <laughs> so uh, you know, there are a lot of people that are going to say, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. A lot of people around here say that, you know, when they see me face to face even. So so I heard you say a word a minute ago that I think we're going to get to, and that is organization, right? How we are organized around social media. 
And I'll tell you one of the words that's interesting to me that I want us to talk about. If we can, it is to make our conversation centered around the word connection. Okay. You know, I mean, social media is supposed to be a hub or vehicle instrument mm-hmm. for social connection, right? Yeah, that's how it's advertised. And in the early days, you know, when it came on the scene, that was really the driving word that was being used. And so, yeah, to unpack that idea, to look at the complexity of the even the word connection, I think also is is appropriate in this case. And it's similar to the idea of tool because does does social media connect people to other people? Well, at one level of abstraction, we would say, yes, it does connect. But what's often not talked about is another level of abstraction where it actually isolates people. And so it does connect and it does serve in many ways to isolate and disconnect people from face-to-face interaction. So again, like we often talk about, we're, we're looking at ideas that are a little, a little more complex than taking the, the meaning of like a word connection. Do you think that's a problem? I mean, don't you um, yeah. think, don't you think that most people, I don't know, maybe that's a loaded question. Maybe I shouldn't say most people, but aren't there a lot of people at least who recognize that social media is both good and bad? Or are you saying, hey, there's still something more that you're not sure that we're aware of? Yeah, I would say there's something more. I do believe most people think about and are are kind of organized around the idea that social media can be either, you know, good or bad, depending on how it's used and all that. That's the simplified view of it. And I think most people are, you know, very much there. Okay, so I'm... I don't know, maybe I'm jumping the gun again here, but I hear I heard you use that word either, and I know that's pretty much a bad word in your language, right? So well, either good or bad, you're saying it's right. both good and bad, and is that where we're missing the boat? Yeah, I, be, I believe that there there's a higher level of abstraction, and there are things that are occurring in the relationship between a person and social media that most people are unaware of. Okay, let's talk about that. How would you start that off? What are we unaware of? Well, one of the hot topics, at least now, I think in particular, if you have Netflix or you're watching, you, you a lot of people have seen the documentary, The Social Dilemma. Right. Uh, right. I think you've seen that. I have. I've seen that. We've been talking about this phenomenon for uh, for years. I mean, when I say we, I'm talking about uh, people in mental health, healthcare providers, and and some of the ideas that come from from people who are developing you know these platforms and how it's affecting culture and mental health and you've been concerned about this problem coming and you see you see problems coming from it yes like most things you know you you know when you're talking about problems that might happen or not really fully here yet you nobody really pays attention or you know or listens to you that much but like i said we're now you know have generated some research you know that is starting to correlate and show some quantitative uh connections you know the use of your word with the influence of a relationship with social media what that does with your mental health your ideas of 
self-image, a healthy self, uh, and, and et cetera. And so all, all of those kind of researches, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to bring those in really to the discussion because you can look those up on the very platforms that we're, that we're talking about. <laughs> uh, you can, you can go to <laughs> Google and you, you can look up some of the research that we're talking about. What you'll find interesting if you do that is in the next day or two, you will continue to get information about that research. The, the machine, if you will, uh, will begin prompting you. The algorithms. So the algorithms as they're written and set are designed to kind of track and predict what you and I might be interested in. And so inherent with that relationship is a type of manipulation. And so if you fall back on the idea, and and, and again, this information is not uh, really you know, breaking news. We're, we're right. A lot of people are talking about this right now, and that's why we choose to do so. But think, think back to the idea of the tool. What's your relationship with just a tool that sits in the toolbox? It I mean, waits there it, until it, you it, want it. Yeah, and it, you know, the screwdriver is not, you know, hopping up and down in front of you and and showing up in front of your face, saying, "Here, you pick me up and use me." So as strange as it sounds, these algorithms and these social media platforms are providing and producing a unique type of relationship, a relationship that uh, is fairly new to the scene, about 25 years old. And so as it evolves, we're discovering the nature of that relationship, the effects of that relationship, the influence of that relationship. And, uh, of course, that, that can be, you know, both positive and negative. You know, I hear people say things kind of like this, and it always, to me, brings questions to mind about whether or not we're attributing blame where it ought to be. You know, for example, just this last week, there was an article that I got on social media. There was an article I got about a lady who called 911 because the line at McDonald's was too long and she didn't get her breakfast. She called 911, McDonald's. And I go, okay, somebody's not looking at the situation correctly. Right. Right. And that, whenever I hear questions or whenever I hear, I don't know, beefs with social media, I say, wait a minute, is that the, the tool's fault that it's being used incorrectly or is it the user's fault or do we even need to talk about fault, right? I mean, I, mm -hmm. I don't really know. Tell yeah, me yeah. what you think. Well, I, it's a good point that you bring up. And so what is, what is the relationship that emerges from the story that you just told? You read a story on social media right? about a woman who calls 911 because of the line in McDonald's is is too long. Yeah. So what is your presupposition about what comes up on social media? Do you believe that that happened? Yes, I did. Okay. Is so, that, is that, so here, here, maybe it didn't. It hasn't here, even occurred here, to me to think that maybe that's not a true story. Yeah, herein lies is an extreme it challenge. Wasn't, it wasn't someone's Facebook post, though. I mean, it was a... Yeah. It was a journal or something. Like, I guess what I'm saying is what you just said is extremely poignant. 
you said it did not even occur to you to wonder if that was valid or true. Now, that's a scary relationship. <laughs> Had I witnessed someone calling 911 because the McDonald's line was too long, I, I would be flabbergasted, obviously, because of the misuse of that. <laughs> what that's supposed to be. But I, my first question when you told that story, my very first question that popped into my head is, did that really happen? That was your first thing that came to the, the first thing that came to your mind was whether or not it really happened. Yes. First thing that came to my mind is I can't wait to talk to somebody about this. <laughs> it's yeah. hilarious, you know. Yeah, and so I'm glad you used that example because it, it, to me that's almost that certainly leans towards unbelievable. <laughs> sure. Then it leans towards believable, at least in my frame of uh, of existence. And and it may very well have happened. <laughs> I, I'm not saying it did or it did not. I guess what I'm saying is it is impossible to determine whether it did or it did not via social media. That's an impossibility. And so we have a validation challenge constantly when you're on a platform of of social media and i think one of our societal issues our cultural issues is that many people are unaware that there's a validation issue but is that how is that different from face-to-face -face conversation i mean just because someone tells me something doesn't mean it's true Correct. Right. It does not differ. So, so it does not much. differ. It, di it, it does not differ at one level, but at another level it does. If I am in relationship with you and have been for quite some time, and our interaction has proven to be honest, and there's that byproduct called trust that is co-created between me and you in face-to-face -face interaction, then if you tell me something, then this is what comes to my mind. What I believe, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that Jared thinks that happened, huh. or he wouldn't tell me. I still don't know if it did or it didn't, unless Jared was present. If Jared was first-person eyewitness account, <laughs> and he said, I saw it, then I'm like, okay, I'm with you, because you're <laughs> going to tell me the truth, right? I will always tell you the truth. But if you heard about it, the same thing applies. I, I got no idea. Let me see who told me this. Let me look this up right quick. But you were comparing and contrasting face-to-face -face communication with, with social media, and there are certainly some similarities. Fox News. That exist. Reported on Fox News. <laughs> Can we believe Fox News? <laughs> Depends on who you ask, right? <laughs> yeah, it, and, it, and if you want to flatten that question into <laughs> a dichotomous answer, then... <laughs> You know, we may lose our half of our listeners. <laughs> so I don't, I don't want to do that. Can you believe anything you hear? You see, it's a presupposition. And so, at the at the end of the thought process, all presuppositions would be answered with this may or may not be true. So you're you're reading these things online, and certainly. My experience with social media is that the more that you're on it, the more you believe is true because people seem to be all over the place 
with their opinions and with their understandings and with their experiences. I mean, the people who still believe that the earth is flat just floors me. I do not get it. But you know what? There are people who believe the earth is flat. Mm-hmm. And if they'll believe that, then it t- that makes me think that people, I'm convinced that, you know, you probably have someone out there that probably thinks the sky is red. There's somebody who probably doesn't. As crazy as that sounds, mm-hmm. I don't know. There seems to be a diversity of opinions about everything else out there. So, yeah. Well, and the truth is very possible that someone's eye structure and, and that's what structure they see. and cones, <laughs> they look up and it is red. But, you know, the, the point being is that many people's relationship with this phenomenon called social media, they're unaware that there's validation issues. And I believe they're unaware that at the foundation, uh, there's a there's a manipulation process that is uh, occurring. And I and I guess I would say that if we're not aware of this, then we uh, we're in a dangerous position. If we are aware of it and and we're tending to it, then you got a better chance of using social media as a tool for what it is, or or at least by some people's idea, designed, you know, for good. So I'm hearing words so far that tell me a lot probably about what this series is going to be about. I'm hearing the word connection, organization, influence, manipulation, validation. It seems like maybe there's a lot that we can talk about and hopefully things that people won't have talked about on twitter <laughs> yeah, already yeah. And, and, and and again it's it's your relationship with relationship you know, with social, social media. media yeah that's what we're talking about this series is going to be about our relationship with social media because we all have one and it seems like a well not not all of us have one some of us well i guess there's no such thing as not having a relationship right i mean even if you don't you do correct but some of us have a very close relationship right. with social media because we feel like that's just the world we live in and that's just the way it it just is. It'll be interesting to uh, talk about that, you know. So maybe can we start the conversation tonight about organization, mm-hmm. how we're organized around it, right? So yeah, there's, I, there's probably some interesting stats too that uh, that are out there in terms of a number of people that – have and use social media, you know, either in this country or in the world. And I have some right here, actually. Okay. What, what, what does your research show? As of April 2020, a total of 3.8 billion, with a B, around the world use social media, which puts the worldwide social media penetration rate at 49%. So half, half of the world's population has a relationship with social media. Yes. That's pretty significant, isn't it? Is there any other abstraction that captures a relationship with half of the world's population? At least that we, you know, as we think about it. So Hmm. in 2019, the average social media user spent around an hour and 15 minutes per day on social media. The average user? Average. That strikes me as sounding low. Does that sound low to you? It does to me. An hour and 15 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll accept that research as, you know, as being 
trustworthy and valid for discussion purposes. But we may not believe it. <laughs> well, as as most things, we we really we don't know if it is or it isn't. We're I just going to say it is for because, here because yeah, and 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 that's fine. Or you, all discussions can be underpinned with that idea. But what else do you do for an hour and fifteen minutes a day? A lot of people will exercise maybe for close to that much, but I don't know that it's half. Yeah. I don't know that it's 50%. Right. Uh, excluding work, you know. If work, you, you sleep. Count your work, you know, yeah, and sleeping, stuff like that. Watch TV probably. In relationship, yeah, with uh, probably a TV issue. Uh, how many people think they, how many people spend an hour and 15 minutes face-to-face human interaction with uh, anybody, significant other, any other human. I'm not talking about cumulative. I'm talking about one particular person. Oh, one setting, continuous. It wouldn't have to be continuous, but it'd have to be the same person. Not very many, I wouldn't think. Maybe the first thing that comes to mind is you go to dinner with your family. You may be there an hour, you know? Yeah, with the group. Yeah, t- think about your your significant other, your spouse, or your children, if you relationally spent an hour and fifteen minutes a day face to face interaction with them, uh, that would that would be influential, is what I'm saying. Right. The research is telling us that uh, social media then is influencing at least half of the world's population in a relational sense. Correct. Yes. I mean, I mean, that's. Uh, I'm going to say that that's a significant influencer. Well, it. it- Another statistic that I have here in front of me is that in America, 70% of the population in America has social media. Certainly an influencer here. Yeah. More so. here than anywhere else in the world, I guess. But you know what's interesting? is As I'm reading this here, we're seeing that, that 70% of the population have it, but two-thirds of Americans think that it has a mostly negative effect on the U.S., so that's a fascinating story. <laughs> yeah. Al- almost as many people think it's bad for the U.S. as people who actually have it and use it. So 70% of the U.S. population have social media, and two-thirds of that set believe it's negative. Mostly negative. Mostly negative. Yeah. Now we're talking about aspects uh, we would reference as addiction. You know, I, I would think that people people would say that about the news, too. I mean, do you think I, – I wish I had stats in front of me that said how many mm-hmm. people think the news is mostly negative, but apparently a lot of people watch it. But addiction, yeah, as defined how? Well, addiction is an abnormal relationship with an object, an event, a substance, a person, uh, any happening in which – the normal relationship is has been traded. So the abnormal relationship replaces the normal relationship. And how that is distinguished is in normal relationship, interactions and experiences that produce negative consequences promote a change, an adjustment, an evolution. In the addiction process, though, negative consequences do not promote a change. And so that's why I'm saying that 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 idea starts hinting at the process of addiction. If you have 70% of U.S. population involved in social media and two-thirds 
of that aggregate group believe that it's mostly negative, but they're still engaged. They're continuing to use it despite the negative effects. Yes. That means yes. it's an addiction. That is classic addiction. Yeah. Awesome. And so that brings up another, you know, complexity of what we're of what we're talking about. And and I will say if we parallel this with substance abuse treatment and all the work that I do there in that lane of ideas, there's you know, addicts are uh, always fully aware of the process of becoming addicts, but only in hindsight. As the process is occurring, they're in denial. They're not looking at it. They're not paying attention you know, to the relational aspects that are occurring. And I guess what I'm saying is that's very isomorphic to what's going on with social media. People are unaware of the process of uh, addiction and negative consequences, and they continue to use in spite of them. Okay, so so here's the thing. I hear what you're saying. You know, I don't want to be terribly negative about social. I mean, I use social media. Right. Yeah, there's no need but there to needs, be. Uh, there, there, we're not saying don't use it, right? But there's an awareness that it is both good and bad, and it is up to you to use it you know, appropriately. Yeah. But, is that what you're saying? Yeah, in a way. We're talking about process. The process and the relationship with social media. It is a simplified way to say it's up to you. If you use alcohol, it's up to you to be to use alcohol responsibly. Correct. Right. Well, but we hadn't left it at that. We've actually then come in and legislated laws that say you can't make that decision until you're 21 years old. So legally, you are not allowed to control a responsible use of alcohol. Now, why have we done that? Maturity. Well, well theoretically, we've done that because we're saying that, that that 21 years old, which is really still probably pretty young if you think about the prefrontal cortex being fully developed at about age 25. But nonetheless, we, we've stepped in and said, okay, now this relationship with this substance is too dangerous. It's too influential uh, for us to just leave everybody at, on their own recognizance, on their own responsibility, you see, right? Right. And so it's, it's the alcohol, but the alcohol is not inherently good or bad. The alcohol is a simple substance. It is my relationship with the alcohol that carries the bulk of this idea of responsibility. So in the same way, social media can be viewed. But I, th but I think very few people see social media as influential or as potentially damaging as a substance like alcohol. And I'm not trying to necessarily equate the two as being the same because I'm really, again, talking about the process of relationship with you know, one of the things that I saw the other day that I thought was pretty good, a friend of mine started a group on Facebook. Might ought to have him on the show. But he started a group called Independently Thinking Together. And the whole point of the group was allow people to talk, but he set up some boundaries. And 
you know, he created a, a framework where, where he said, okay, if everybody will just play by these rules, we can talk freely, we can talk openly, we can discuss some things, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it kind of sounded to me like a pretty good approach. Mm-hmm. As it's, far as I'm aware, so far it's going pretty well. Yeah. You know, so, so what I'm hearing in that, in that particular process, there was laid down or embedded at least some level of, uh, ethic or value, and so in order to participate in this, here are the rules. Yeah, and they're here basically the be nice. That's basically what it is: be nice. Mm-hmm. But it it makes me think about the way we're organized, you know. And I think about conversations. You know, there are lots of conversations that happen on social media that would not happen face to face. We tend to lose our kindness. Right. We tend to lose our manners mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah. And I would even question the use of the term conversation. Those are not conversations. Well, I mean, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, they're they're back and forth exchanges, but a conversation that takes place face to face is vastly different than that interaction that occurs on that platform. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. But in the absence of being able to be face to face, you know, it it is a uh, yes, it's I a agree. substitute yeah, for a real conversation, you know. But, but I'm afraid people actually believe they're interacting, and they exchange the exchange of information and ideas. Uh, you know, as you know, the receiver, the recipient of the message, defines the meaning. You're saying it's an artificial interaction, false interaction. Artificial is certainly at play, but not necessarily. Uh, false. We don't have real words to describe the inadequacies of what's occurring. We, we have to make some up. But it's it's not false in the sense that it's not happening. It's not artificial in the sense that two humans are engaged, you know, in a process. But they do call social media platforms artificial intelligence. The algorithms and the technology, that whole genre is artificial intelligence. And so what I'm actually saying is that we get to where we we can be fooled by the interaction that occurs between people on social media because the receiver defines the meaning. That happens in face-to-face, but at least face-to-face communication I have an instant, immediate cue as to whether I have described your meaning, tone, inflection, voice, pattern, eye contact, body language, the tension that we feel, you know, between each other, the ability to ask a question face to face. Now we can massage that face to face in conversation to the point that the meaning can be shared. That doesn't happen on social media. And the back and forth, as you said, it can get to be pretty unkind, can it? I don't engage in this process, so I'm taking my cues off listening to you and other people who talk to me about it. It's another interesting word, shared. Shared meaning. Shared meaning. is the only, That's the only way it can really uh, be communicative. We probably should talk about that more during their series, too, I think. Yeah. You know, you have you have kind of chosen for social media not to be a reality of your world or have your career. 
organize around it. Then there are others that do. And, you know, some of the things that I think are good about social media are, you know, I remember going to Disney Mm -hmm. and Disney has this term called guestology. And basically Disney tries to learn as much as they can about their customers. Right. And I remember going there and Disney did an experiment one time and they, they wanted to have a very clean park and they noticed that people were, you know, throwing trash on the ground and things like that. And they, so what they did was they stationed some people, some workers up at the gate to Disney world Mm -hmm. and they would pass out candy or gum or something like that. And then they had people watching to see how many steps it took before people pitched the, the wrappers on the ground. And they determined it was 28 steps on average. So now Disney has a trash can every 28 steps and that's how they keep their parks clean. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I think social media in some respects allows businesses to connect with customers, to understand them better, since Mm -hmm. obviously they Mm -hmm. can't have face-to-face conversations with a lot Mm -hmm. of their customers. And then you have this idea that, you know, for a lot of people, they, they want to use social media to let people know about themselves. You know, hey, I'm interested in this or, hey, I offer this or, you know, various things and also to maintain some friendships or to network. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are all kinds Mm -hmm. of uses you can use for Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. It's basic advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so my position on it is knowing that there are all these things that can be good for it. How can we position ourselves to connect with people well or in a healthy way, despite the shortcomings that are inherent in social media. Because to say that we're, to label it as, you know, even to classify it as addictive, very well may be true, but we probably have about as much a chance as people saying, I'm going to throw away my social media as we do saying they're going to throw away alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great question. So, uh, again, if you use those two examples and you try to find some asymorphic connection between them, we're not going to throw away alcohol, but we did legislate the Legisl- age at which you could legally. Which is sort of like know, setting up rules for a conversation. Yeah. Right. And so this is what's lacking in the social media mm-hmm. world right now. Yeah, I mean, to answer your question, how can we – advertise or use social media well it would be the content must be regulated in some way and when i say regulated i'm not talking about censored per se even self-regulation even though it may come to it but if people are self-regulated as you mentioned earlier if you are kind you probably i mean the social media influence would would be far less damaging and so that's kind of where i'm the way I kind of see the issue is I don't want to put a message out there that gives people one more thing to blame. Right. I want people looking at their own selves and saying, yeah, okay, start with me. Yeah. I'm not well, going to blame this on anybody else or any other right. device. Although those things can contribute to that. I'm saying, okay, sure. it's up to each of us to say, what am I contributing to the world? You know, is, is what I'm saying is actually going to help anybody. Is it going to be good and, yeah. is and this, productive is this content? Yeah. You know, beneficial. Yeah. Ethical. Is it kind? Is it necessary? These are issues of self-regulation. And one way to look at this idea of social media, it is highlighting the reality that we have generations of people that 
cannot self-regulate right and do not self-regulate very well at all that's probably a good discussion as well i think that may be where we, we want to pick up next time coming right off the heels of this whole capital issue yeah as a self-regulation disaster right there right yes yeah it's an it's an embarrassment yeah Okay, so we're going to pick up right there next time and talk about what we aren't hearing on the news about this whole Capitol riot fiasco. Until then, hey, give some thought to your relationship with social media. Are you connecting the way you think you are? Do you have boundaries and rules for yourself that influence your engagement with the threads? And do you have a process that reinforces the positive influence that social media can be in your life? We'll talk more about that next time. Come check us out on InSessionPodcast.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and someone, please go be Clay's Third Connection, okay? Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you being here. We'll see you next time on In Session with Jared and Clay. Clay.